This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I have my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan here. And John, we are literally three days away from the final cut down to 53. So we'll, this will be the first year that we go strictly from 90 to 53 in the matter of moments. So we're just going to jump straight into it. Yeah. I mean... I mean, there's just no opening. Do we want to talk about the Rams game? Because I I can tell you there's some things that worried me. You want to do that first? I don't really necessarily want to talk about the Rams game, but geez, just going straight to the 53 men roster. Straight to the 53. Isn't that the meat of the show? It is the meat of the show. Shouldn't we be like letting people, I don't know, we still need at least one more player for the, if we want to do a dynasty, we don't get another player. We probably are going to have to do a redraft this year. Um, Okay, so we need we so, need one, know, we at need least one more patron. <laughs> but let me ask you this, John: When you go to Ruth Chris and you order a steak and you order sides, what's the first thing you bite into? Actually, the sides. What? Yeah, you eat your veggies first, so you'll eat your veggies. No, I won't eat my veggies after my steak. I don't eat veggies anyways. It's the steak immediately. Well, you see, you, if you eat your veggies first, you'll at least eat some veggies. But even if it's mac and cheese, I'm and still then, gonna eat the steak. And think about it, like. If you get fries or something, you can't reheat fries. If you're ordering fries at Ruth Chris, we have a bigger issue. Don't do they have fries? Oh, they do. But if you're ordering French fries at Ruth Chris, then what else would you order? Macaroni and cheese, which is like a truffle macaroni and cheese with like lobster or like, I mean, there's plenty of options. But if you're ordering French fries, you might as well just go to Texas Roadhouse. It's kind of like asking for A1 with your steak at Ruth Chris. Yeah. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. Next thing I'm going to hear is you get your steaks well done. No, medium. And I only eat tenderloin filet. All right. Um, one more patron needed for us to be able to get the Stynacy League off and uh, running or up and running. Uh, let's dive into the Rams game a little bit because there are some concerns I have with the Rams game. For real? Yeah. Like for real, for real? No, for real, for real. And you're going to have to walk, talk me off a ledge a little bit, I think. Seriously? It was- no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. There were some things that were done in that game that I I, I really it caused some concern. Okay. Um, now, the offense sucked. The offense just looked horrible. Yeah. Both second and third and first string. Looked awful. But Deshaun scared the shit out of me. And I'm not just talking about, like, the hit he took from Nadamikin. It was more or less, why didn't he just, like, go down why did he throw the ball on second down? And I understand it's preseason, but then I'm looking at like the miscommunication between him and him and Braxton. That throw was just completely off or Braxton didn't come back fast enough. You could see that Deshaun looked at Braxton on that play and like used his hands as like, come on, dude, you got to get back faster. But then the throw to Bruce Ellington and the slant, if that was a good corner, that could have potentially been a pick. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just a little worried. I'm a little worried about Deshaun. We, we've talked about it even last year. Like he looked like he did not. 
He didn't look himself on Sunday well, or he Saturday. Did, he didn't whatever. look good at last preseason at all either. He he kind of plays up. Yeah, it's, he's the thing that really comes across from Deshaun, other than his football IQ, is his his competitiveness and his, and he he's a gamer. Like the more pressure there is, the more that he buckles down and gets things done. And a lot of what quarterbacks do, I mean, they talk so much about how complicated quarterbacks are. But if you straight up ask a quarterback, why do you throw him to that receiver? Like, what was your thought process? They didn't think. They just see and react. So when it's a preseason game is a practice. He's kind of like, just like joking around. He's like, whatever. What I'm just going to see what I can get away with. But when it's a game going on, like a real game, it's a different mentality that kicks in. Okay. And I, I would agree with you. The interception, I'm not really worried about. Like, I'm thinking he thought it's a preseason game. If I throw it deep and somehow Ellington comes up with it, great. If not, then it is what it is. I honestly believe that that was his his approach. It was more or less not securing his body in the manner needed in a preseason game. Like, running out of the pocket in that in that during that play and then standing there and seeing Nandamak and Sue come at you, who is known to be a dirty player and letting him hit you the way that he did. I don't know. Like to me, that was just like, it wasn't necessarily eye opening because he's always been very secure and careful, but it was just kind of scary. It did, you didn't get worried about that hit or play at all no. when he got destroyed by Nandamakan. No, I mean, because he just bounces back up. And he did seen, that time. Yeah, and we've seen enough plays where he's smart and he goes down. He like he he tends to know when he's going to get hit. He has shown that time and time again. So yeah, there's a couple times where he gets he gets jacked. Part of it, I think, is dude's just like I can take a hit, and but it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, some I'm people, saying. and some people know how to take a hit. I mean, he ju- he jumped up completely unfazed. Correct. Um, he's not. He did take it, but he's go back and just remember last year with watching all the games. He doesn't take a lot of those. No, he doesn't. Every now and then, he does get his. He does get straight hammered, and you're like, like that. Geno Atkinson, exactly. And you're like, how's he going to pop back up? And he does, and he pops up like it's nothing. So even those hits, they look really, really bad. He's still, I think he's he's knowing how to take him where he can just pop back up. But what if he gets hit like that and falls back and his head hits the ground? He may not be able to control if that happens. And then it's a concussion. And then what? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, worst Dude, case you, scenario you, in a you, sense. You worry about him like I worry about my 18-month-old. Yeah, but. exactly. No, you're exactly. <laughs> he basically is our 18-month-old. If you think about it, actually, in terms of time, Just. he pretty much is our 18-month-old child. We have a franchise quarterback. You have a franchise baby. What do you want to do? You want to take care of that franchise baby. You want to take care of that franchise quarterback. We've never had one of these. You're. I get it, and I get, I get why you're worried, but... I'm just, I'm just not. Okay. This. If you're not, you're not. You know, every single Texans game, I watch with this utter fear that JJ's going to get hurt, Clowney's going to get hurt, Deshaun's going to get hurt. It's a Houston thing. Yeah. I mean, Sports yeah. in general. Sports in general. And, you know, at this point, his ACL was a freak injury. Agreed. Like, 
Agreed. I mean, it was a non... It, Both it of was them an, it, Yeah, they were just ACL injuries. Now, when you look look back at his injury list, even from college, it's... It's minimal. It's Yeah, it's not him from him taking big hits. He knows how to take a hit. Um, this isn't, he's not Cam Newton where he's challenging somebody and acting like a, like a fullback. He's not sitting there trying to hit the linebacker just as hard as the linebacker hits him. He sees that he's going to get hit and he just kind of absorbs it and mounts backs up. It's like taking a charge in basketball or mm. maybe not taking a charge, but maybe when you get that hard foul, like sometimes you're going to land awkwardly and it's going to hurt like hell, but sometimes you hit it. And you just bounce back. All right, and, and then no, no more needing to talk about it. I just, uh, I don't I mean, know what I, it was. He I, just looked. He just did not look himself. And it's I, not really just like the hit. It's just more. He just didn't look comfortable on, on Saturday. And you know, this is year two. He's gonna have a growing pain. You know, he's gonna have he's, a couple. If he pops out and does exactly what he did last year, then he's he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Now we we hope he is, but I mean, what's what is the honest odds? There's gonna be some up and downs. We may have seen peak Deshaun. Um, when I say peak, I'm, he can de- he'll probably replicate it, but he was playing the position as well as anybody's ever played the position for a stretch. Yeah, so it's unarguable. There's gonna be some sort of regression. However, he's still gonna be a fantastic player. There's gonna be days where every, even Peyton Madden had games where you're like. Oh, his rookie year, he had awful, yeah. awful, awful game. Well, I mean, even after, even after that. And even then, yeah. Tom Brady has games like where they get completely shut down. You, the nature of football is they can't just go out on the field and completely dominate. If anything, I actually have more faith in Deshaun Watson after, after that game. I know people are giving him shit because he said, oh, it was like throwing a punt, but you don't throw a punt on a second down. Actually, I love that answer. You know why? Because that just means he's not phased by the interception itself. You know? It's that conservative he, aggressiveness. He's he, just moving on. He forgets he, about it. He moves on. Yeah. He, and that's what you need in a quarterback. He said that he was trying to get away. He was just seeing what he could get away with. He couldn't get away with it. It's like a punt. He's not going to... Not every interception isn't going to have a story with him. Right. It's like, eh, it happened. Probably won't do that again. Try something a little bit different next time. I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about the interception. I just... I don't know what it was. You just look flat-footed. Not necessarily like literally flat footed, like he can move still. I just mean Dude, the, the sense Rams on defense the is going to be. And it's a good defense. They are going to be beastie. No, amazing and defense. They're, they're stacked everywhere. The uh, Texans even said that, I mean, not in so many words, but what I got from it is Wade Phillips kind of fucked with them. They, he did it stunts and did blitzes. Some zone blitzes that he, they, not even like regular blitzes, zone blitzes when they were expecting him to just come out and play man. Yeah. Wade Phillips has always played man every preseason game whatsoever, and it was almost like he wanted to mess with Deshaun Watson, mess with his old team. And he probably did, because, you know, Wade Phillips would love to be still be in Houston. Sure. I, I think he would leave his position right now if the Texans called him back up. He's, I agree. He is he Houston. Is, he is Houston. He right. would love to come back. So I am sure he just wanted to mess with him sure. a little bit. I mean, it was nothing crazy exotic. No. But when you're expecting man, it's... It, it was a little bit more. All right, all right, all right. You talked me off a little bit. That's fine. All right, the offense looked like trash. Um, there's really nothing to even talk about on the offense. Like, the offense just looked horrible. I mean, Braxton Miller's touchdown catch, it was a great catch, great play. Uh, he may have made the roster during that game. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, but defensively, looked good. 
Like, and that's yeah. not even our full unit still. Like, we're still talking about, like, Whitney's done on the field. You know, Walton like... Clowney only played Walton, eight snaps. That's what I'm saying. So, it's like... But you could see those two. Those two together, which we have not really seen. I mean, we've seen in in short, short stints. But we haven't seen it in a full season. And we haven't seen it in so long that when you see it now, it's like, holy shit. Like, Clowney's just destroying one side. Watt, he, he almost had a tackle for loss. Uh, like the second play of the game. Uh, yeah, you're, the defense is freaky nasty, dude. It's it's gonna be weird. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's like all all places but corner, right? But I don't think, and we've talked about this I, before. We, I'm actually extremely excited for this defense. Me too. I, we, I, we've talked about it on and on and on. Um, with us, they've essentially instead of playing. We don't play a free safety and a strong safety. We're playing that essentially quarters. And I have brought that up before. And the best way to think of quarters, the way our defense plays is kind of think uh, zone in basketball. Right. Or you, you take a man for, you're not running just to the area. You're running to the man in the area and you play man within that area. Right. And we're having four guys that can do that in the back at almost all time. Every single one of our our safeties has had, has cornerback experience. Yep. Except for uh, Justin Reed. He I played corner. In, did he play corner? Yeah, he played some corner in college. I know they talked about him as being able to play the slot, but still, I mean, so instead of trying to go for the all-world cornerbacks, which everybody needs, but there's a limit out there, we're going to try and mitigate that by having more corners out sure. there. With our safeties that can still, that are still big enough to hit. Yeah. Um, we don't have a run blocking linebacker safety, but guess what? Our linebackers are are fantastic. Yeah. Like, I, have we ever had linebackers? This Not like this. This is, like, this, this is, is this. the best linebacking group we've ever had, hands yeah. down. It's, mean, it's, got it's unarguable. Linebackers that can rush the pack, passer, linebackers that can cover. We have depth. We're going to cut a linebacker that's going to get signed by somebody. Yeah. I mean, we, we're... Knock on wood, we're pretty we're pretty good at linebacker this year. I agree, and then of course we all know about our defensive line. Like I'm really really excited. About and this. coming into the year, there you had concerns about the defensive line depth, right? There's no concerns about the depth at the D line, right? I mean, they're one, all there. One of the tackles that's going to get cut is going to get picked up. Yeah, we'll get into who we think those are, but. No, you're exactly right. Almost anybody that's cut from our defense will likely end up having a job. Yeah, there are a lot of our bubble guys, the guys that we'll probably have arguments about. Yeah. They're going to get picked up. Um, and when we dive into roster cuts, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's very, it's a very exciting time. We've, we've talked all off season about how exciting it is to have a corner, a quarterback that we, we we're going into the season knowing who our starting quarterback is. He had the, you know, most electric six game stint of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. And a lot of the offseason talk around just the league in general was all Deshaun. But when you look at this defense and what it's capable of doing, it's almost like that should have been it, the discussion should have really been 50 50 during the offseason. It should have been, yeah, we have a Deshaun and that offense can be great, but God, we also have this defense that can truly be an, on another level of great as well. 
And it seems like people just totally forgot about what our defense could be because we have a quarterback. Uh, it's a real exciting time to be a Texans fan. I mean, it really is. I mean, you look at the problems, and like like you said, we'll get into it. If you look at the problems we have with making the cuts at wide receiver, I mean, that's a good problem to have for everybody to understand. That That's what you want. When you're making your cuts, you want to have debates and conversations about why or who and have disagreements on who should be kept and who shouldn't because that just means that there's talent to be kept. So, yeah, it's going to be real interesting. Uh, and then, obviously, with the punter, it's a unique situation for us, too, because how long has Shane been here now? Since his first, since Bill O'Brien's first year, right? That's when we signed him. So, this is this is, he's going on on his fifth season. Uh, Trevor Daniel, he looks good, too. I mean, statistically, he really <laughs> statistically, he's better than, than Shane Leckler, and that's to be expected. Shane's old as can be. I think he's 42. Uh so, I don't know. It, I, 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 tell me if I'm overstating this, but I think this is the most competitive roster we've ever had. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, we had... I'm just thinking from every position group. I, I can't think of a last time where it was like this, where there was a true debate on roster cuts. Pretty much the question I asked you last year is which of the guys that, we, that we're going to cut would get picked up by other teams. And then which of the guys that were kind of on the bubble when we had this discussion is who would get picked up by other teams. Last year, we were kind of hemming and hauling. We're like, you know, like we really like these guys. We want them to do well, but we don't think that many of them will get picked up. The only guy that we thought kind of bubble-ish that would get picked up pretty quickly was Akeem Hunt. Yep. And he he got picked, picked up. up by the Chiefs. Yep. Um, however, other than that, it was kind of like, eh. Yeah. This year, we have some guys that I just... There, There's a legitimate chance that if they get cut, they're younger guys, that they're not going to be back with the Texans. They're not going to go to the practice squad. So, I mean, good job on filling out... I mean, good job on filling out our depth. I don't think... I think there's a very good chance this year that we're actually going to cut draft picks. Yeah. That... I don't remember the last time that happened on the Texans. Whereas other teams like, for instance, the Patriots, they cut draft picks every year. I, I honestly can't can't think of a time. Uh, I mean, look at last year. Uh, our offensive line was so bad, Kyle Fuller made the team. Yeah. Well, guess what? Kyle Fuller's not making the team this year. Uh, and the, we don't even have to go back a year. Let's go back three months. Your biggest concern with this team was depth in general. Your, your, your worry coming into the season was how are they going to address the depth? Especially coming off of the injury type season we had where you could see that depth was needed. Unfortunately, with the way that the injuries happened last year, I think a lot of that injury, a lot of the injuries gave all these players, because these are familiar names that are getting reps. So if you look at all the reps that those players got last year, the Brandon Dunn's, the Joel Heath's of the world, and, and everybody else, Carlos Watkins. All these players are starting to become players for this needed depth that we talked about last year, that we talked about three months ago. Because of those meaningful reps, they're turning into solid players. They're turning into solid depth. And it's funny how we both, 
And, and it was literally both of us. We never even really, when we were thinking about how bad the depth was, we never even thought that all those reps would turn into the depth. But that's exactly what's happening now. Now, those players are becoming those depth players that we felt we needed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I see where you're going with that. And I then think, we also added like quite yeah. a bit of players to take. Like if you think about it, Tyron Matthew, like that kind of helps with the safeties, you know, right. t- taking cream and putting him to safety. Okay. That weak position that had no depth where Corey Drummond and, and Andre Hall were our cornerstones of safety. Well, guess what? Now we've completely upgraded those positions. And then you add Justin Reed. And then so the team solved its depth in a, in a way that I don't think we expected. And I agree with you to a point, but at the same time, those reps were for a team that went four and twelve. So a lot of those guys that were so attached to, we got to remember when they were getting a chance to play a whole bunch, they didn't do so hot. Well, let's just be honest, though, they didn't do so hot. But how often was that defense on the field? That's true. I mean, how how good can you do when you're playing eighty six snaps of defense? That is true. I mean, you really can't. You're, you're gas, and we had literally nobody else on the team. So they were playing every snap. This year, they're Brandon Dunn, Joel Heath, Carlos Watkins, those Christian Covington, who is turning into a player uh, who will be, I think, will be a solid, a, a shining spot in our defense this year. But we can get into that later. They're only going to be called upon when needed. So they're going to be f- fresh and ready to go. So they'll be cycling in and out. It's not going to be, hey, go have an 18, play on an 18 um, play drive on defense and then come back and then do it again after Tom Savage or whoever throws an interception 10 minutes later. Um, so I don't know. I just, this is definitely the most competitive to get back to it. This is definitely the most competitive roster. I felt, I feel the Texans have had since we've been in an organization and it's just really fun. It's really fun to have those open debates. I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for, to be a fan. All right. Well, do you want to get into it? Yeah. So let's get into it. So, uh, you just want to go, well, let's go position by position. Obviously you could say yours. I'll say mine. I think the quarterback, we all agree on, uh, we know Deshaun's there. We know Whedon's there. And I do think Joe Webb makes the team. Yeah. Agrees. I, I agree. I think there's just too much. There's too many reasons to keep Joe Webb in the sense of special teams. And if you need another quarterback, he can do it. Joel Webb, as the third-string quarterback, technically should be the emergency quarterback. Correct. Um, granted, you the past couple – or not – last year we got down to well past the third-string quarterback. Um, and then two years ago, same sort of thing. Um, we did have one year where we only had – I mean, Brock and Tom the whole – Made it the whole year, mm-hmm. so we didn't need three. But in theory, that's what it's it's should be closer to. Webb can come out, and he has shown that for a drive or two, he can provide a spark. Sure, and that's all you're going to ask him. However, he also does give you that roster flexibility because he he can cover on kickoffs. He can come in as a gimmick. Um, he can play receiver. He can play receiver. Yeah. Um, so he can move the ball. He can surprise people. So yeah, he's. He's making the team, even though there's been times watching him play where I'm like, how is he even in the NFL? Yeah. And then there's other flashes. It's like, oh, that's how. It's the versatility aspect, yeah. which is like Bill O'Brien's like, like favorite fizzle word, it seems like. 
since he's been here. All right, this is this is something we're not going to agree on, uh, and it seems like the whole world doesn't doesn't agree with this. Uh, so let's go to the running backs. I think Lamar Miller, Alfred Blue, Tremaine Tremaine Pope make the team. I think we cut Jay Prosh. And I know everybody's like, what? Bill O'Brien's never ran without. And, and even like the, the people who are the all knowing and who have a good sense of this team are saying that we're going to keep Jay Prosh. I think we're not going to because our running back core is so bad. I think they know that they're going to have to sign other running backs. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's like the biggest thing for me on why I don't think we keep Jay Prosh is because we really don't have. We don't have a solid running back. Like we haven't like even Lamar Miller above Lamar, average at times. If Lamar used Miller right, should be an above average third down back. Right. He shouldn't be the three down back. But Bill O'Brien keeps even emphasizing that he's a three down back. Right. I mean, which just, is a problem. That just shows you the problem right. with the philosophy. And we all know what Alfred Blue is. Oh, yeah. And then State of the Texans brought up a great point. Um, Alfred Blue has one less. 100-yard rushing game than Lamar Miller? Or was it one more? I think it's one less. And not even half the starts. Yep. So that kind of shows you. We know what Blue is. We know what Miller is. Yep. And then Tremaine Pope, everybody's been in love with him. I haven't seen enough to be in love with him. The only reason I think he's making the team is just because... Well, what he's good at is he's good at running towards space. Just like, <laughs> granted that that is ac- that is actually a skill. Like, don't get me wrong, that is actually a skill. Some okay. there has been running backs that yes tend to run the blockers and not sure, the space. Sure. Tremaine Pope cannot break tackles. Nope, he cannot make one defender miss. No, but if there is open field in front of him, he can run to it. Um, it's shown off in special teams. I think that he's actually he did have the best. He's got the best return average in all of the NFL for uh, special teams um, this preseason. Yep. Um, but it's preseason special teams. Every, right. So many people are taking kicks right now. It's not even funny. Right. But again, the only gift that he has truly shown is he can run to space. Yep. And I'd still, I still have this feeling that Irvin was a Bill O'Brien pick. And with his flexibility that he can play slot receiver, that he can run routes... And Irvin has shown the ability at times to make people miss. Oh, yeah. However, <laughs> almost the exact opposite of Pope, he's also shown the ability to run right into his back blockers right. instead of running running to space. So he's honestly the hard Him and when we get to receivers are honestly the two, two of the harder calls that I have to make. I honestly think that it does come between Prosh and Irvin. Okay. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Prosh, Irvin, and Pope. Yeah, yeah. I see those as the three. Two of them stay, one of them goes. And I keep changing my mind on which one. Okay. Uh, I feel like Pope and Irvin are kind of redundant. They're pretty much the same. Yeah. It was like last year Irvin beating out Hunt when, I mean, Tremaine Pope, Pope might as well be a game Hunt. Like, they're very, very similar players, in my opinion. Yeah. Except, you know, Akeem Hunt showed that he could kill a cornerback every now and then. Yeah. So, my call right now is we're going to keep Prosh. I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but we're going to keep Prosh. as the way that he's used, like, an extra offensive lineman. Sure. Um, and Bill O'Brien likes that flexibility. 
and I'm kind of sort of leaning that we're going to keep Irvin over Pope. I hope that's the case, but I just I don't think it's the case. Okay. I hope you're right. I prefer to keep Irvin. Granted, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go too far down running backs because we talked about them a lot last week. But the running back that actually has impressed me the most this all preseason was Coleman. Yep. And I know he fumbled it a couple of times, but it looked like there was something there. Yeah. He made people miss, and he showed the ability to cut. I agree. So, maybe... We don't have a running back that can cut, it seems like. I know. So, to have one running back that can cut would make the most sense, but... Yeah, I I, I just don't understand that. I'm assuming Coleman's going to be on the practice squad. Yeah, he is. We may... They both may be. We'll probably see him again before before the year's up, but I just wonder why we didn't see more of him. Same with Swanson. Swanson was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember much of Swanson at all. Uh, the big thing out of him is he was pretty impressive out of college. No, I just mean like this this preseason. We haven't like, seen him. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you say <laughs> Prosh and Irvin. I say Tremaine Pope, uh, and then Prosh cut. Wide receivers. This is where I think we'll disagree. Um, the 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 writers and the people who seem to have a sense of the Texans again seem to think that Ellington's going to be cut, and the reasoning behind it is because he can only work in the slot. And I'll get obviously DeAndre and Will Fuller make the team. Like that, we don't. I don't even know why we need to mention them. Those two are on the team. I don't understand how you can take away one of Deshaun's favorite targets. I would love to see how somebody can make the argument that you would be willing to cut a guy who you just signed to an extension or signed a two-year deal with to just cut him because you think you have the same in Kiki Kuti, but potentially a healthier version and then you're going to keep Sammy Coates and Braxton Miller and cut Bruce. Uh, I just don't see that. I could be wrong, but I think the way it works out is Hop, Fuller, Ellington, Braxton, and Kiki. And the main reason why I think that is the fact that we all know how complex this system has been over the years, and we all know how much the wide receiver and the quarterback have to be in sync. They pretty much have to diagnose the same exact play and know exactly where to go. Sammy Coates has not been in this offense enough, and he's bounced around from team to team in the last four years to where I don't have the confidence to say that he's going to be able to come in and be in sync immediately and ready to go with Deshaun. I would love to keep Coates because I think he has better upside over Braxton Miller. I think he gives us something that we don't have in the sense of an, another outside wide receiver. I mean, we really actually don't. It's Fuller and Hopkins. I know Braxton's gotten work on the outside. Maybe Braxton can be that other outside wide receiver, but Coates to me just looks like a better outside wide receiver. Right. I think this one really comes down to what we want versus what we think Bill O'Brien will do. Right. I think it would make more sense to keep Ellington and Coates. However, Bill O'Brien loves players that can do multiple things. Yep. The plus for Ellington is if you watch him, of the receivers we have, even including DeAndre, he may understand the option option routes better. He may understand 
how to settle into those little creases better than any other receiver we have. Right. There's a reason why he's been able to drop three passes. It's because he keeps getting the ball thrown to him. Why do you think that is? Braxton had to run the wrong route to get a ball thrown to him. Right. Now, he made an amazing play on it, but that but he ran correct, correct. the wrong route. But people aren't pointing that part out. Um, They're just... Again, and I, I, I don't, I don't hate Braxton. I want Braxton to be I would amazing. Bra- I would, I think that he's a phenomenal talent. Like I want him to be amazing. But how can you on the Texans? How can you be an amazing talent if you don't have the ball thrown to you? Right. And I guess is my question, and that's kind of that's also been my point about Braxton. The ball's just he's out there. The ball's not thrown to him. So what are we missing? He seems to get open. He seems to get open. He seems to get open. So why? Is he not getting thrown to? Yeah. And then with Coates, Coates is, as a pure outside receiver, he looks better than Braxton does as an outside receiver. Agreed. So do you put your primary, your backup for all three spots into one person, or do you carry a separate backup for each spot? And I actually think Ellington starts over Kiki. Like, I agree. I don't I mean, understand. Don't, how often have we ever trusted a rookie to start? That See, that's my whole thing. That's what I don't seem to understand, how people think that because he had some amazing OTAs that we never saw and a first week of training camp that some reporters saw that Bill O'Brien's just going to hand the keys over to the slot position to a fourth round rookie. When has Bill O'Brien ever done that to a wide receiver? Never. Am I wrong? No. He's never done that. He's always made wide receivers earn their spot. Why would he just hand it over to Kiki? And why would you take away somebody that your quarterback likes to throw to? I mean, we saw last year against the Patriots. Deshaun went straight to Bruce. First touchdown, Bruce. Bruce bailed him out a lot of different times. Not bailed in the sense of a bad throw, but bailed him out by being open in the middle of the field where Deshaun wanted to throw. I'm just, yeah, I I want Kuti to be, I mean, Kuti's a Lufkin boy. Of course I want him to. I want Kiki to be amazing. I want all of them be, to be amazing. But how often does a fourth-round receiver start anyways? Arguably the best fourth-round receiver of the past five years has been Stephon Diggs, and he didn't start until three-quarters of the way through his first season. It just... It's not something that typically happens. It just doesn't happen. There's a reason why he went in the fourth round. Right. Now... That doesn't mean he can't be a player later. Yeah. That just means maybe not this year. And I think that's why last. So if, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we essentially, if we cut Bruce Ellington, that means Braxton Miller is going to be our starting slot receiver. I don't not like Kiki. that. I don't like that over Bruce. I don't like Braxton over Bruce. And I'm thinking from a pure production standpoint, I'm not thinking of like an emotion of where I want to see a player. I'm thinking of just a better product on field. I think Bruce is a better product on field than either Braxton or Kiki. However, I'm actually going to go a little bit crazy. I think we... You think, think we carry we, six? I think we carry six. Yeah. If we that's carry part six... Of the, that's part of the reason why it goes back to Irvin. I was going to say, if we carry six, Irvin's gone. Because yeah. there's just no reason to keep him at that point. I, I think so. If we keep six, then the running backs go Lamar Miller, Alfred Blue, Tremaine Pope, and then Jay Prosh. Yeah. Um, tight ends will be nice and quick. Yeah, that's it's Griffin, Akins, Thomas. Yeah, Steven Anderson. Just thank you for what you did last year, but 
you haven't been able to do enough this year, and you honestly haven't even been on yeah. the field. So there's best of luck. That. Hopefully, you go somewhere and you tear it up, but it's not going to be with us. It's not going to be with us. Uh, o line. Um, you know, coming into the season, this was the this was like the worry group. I think everybody, yeah, everybody, including us, we had true concerns about with the offensive line. Uh, I'm not sure if we've found our, a complete answer for both our tackle positions, but I think we're a lot further along than where we were last year at this time with our tackles. I think Julian Davenport is showing to be a much better tackle than he was last year. And I think Henderson is an upgrade over Chris Clark and God, who else was it that we had that we, oh, Brino Giacomini. And I mean, so we've upgraded the tackle positions, hands down. Will we both agree? Yes, definitely. Sencho Henderson's making the team. Martinez Rankins is making the team. Julian Davenport is making the team. Uh, I think the only true argument here would be Kyle Fuller. If he's making the team, and if Chad Slade is making, I the think team. Chad Slade's going to make the team because <laughs> he can play inside and out. Yeah, <clears throat> and you're going to have to have you're going to have to have somebody else that can play tackle. I mean, they used all three years of his um, practice squad eligibility. Yeah, so they like him. They do like him. Uh, so, are we in agreement? Do you think it's going to be Slade, or do you think it's going to be Fuller? Slade. Okay. All right. Uh, guard, another position where last year truly our tackles were bad, but I think our interior guards were way worse than, than our tackles were last year. Well, we and that's it. saying a ton <laughs> considering that we're talking about Brino Giacomini as our starting tackle for pretty much all of last year. So, Well, we've completely changed our philosophy on our guards too. Right. They're completely different players than they used to be. Completely. Good foot, good foot movement. They, they just seem to, they're just better and they're more physical. All of them. So I have him as Zach Fulton, Senio Calamente, Greg Manson. Then I actually think Quisenberry makes the team. I hope he does. I do think Quisenberry makes the team. I really. I, Who I do mean, you not think? even not even just because. No, no, no. If you've watched him the past couple of games, he's been moving people. Yep. Supposedly, I, I'm not supposedly like that's a bad word to use. Like he's shown in the past that he can play right tackle, and with Central Henderson still dealing with health issues, um. I think having another guy that can play tackle. I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of Kendall Lamb. I don't want Kendall Lamb on this team. And he's a turnstile at, at tackle. Yet he's been our highest graded PFF player. Yes, I, of course he has. Of course he has. Why would he not be? Seriously, uh, like that does. It, let's start a website called PFFF. Yeah, or PFF what WTF? Yeah, whatever. Um. So. Uh, Zach Fulton, Sino Calamente, Greg Mance, David Quisenberry. Would you agree? I mean, we're going to keep Mance because we need that flexibility at, at center. And then obviously our main center will be Nick Martin, who has had a very good offseason or a very good preseason. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll be that rock at, at center. He'll be able to take that Chris Myers position. Yeah, I just said it. Chris Myers. Did we forget that we had a Pro Bowl center at center for a good five years? Number 55, Chris Myers. Was it 55? It was 55, right? I don't know. All right. Anyways. Uh, all right. Defensive end. Obviously, JJ. Uh, Covington. Carlos Watkins is going to make the team. 
Yeah, he's got to. It's going to be between Blackson, Heath for that final spot. I think it's Heath. I think it's Blackson. I know. I figured you would. I think it's Heath. Just based on... Here's the problem. Based on watching the preseason games, it's Blackson. Based on watching last year's games, it's Heath. How much... And I'm usually like, don't put too much stock in the preseason, but... It's there for a reason. But Blackson has gone leaps and bounds from where he was last year. He has. And... I don't know. I've, I've been I've been crazy impressed with him, and this is one of those positions groups that we were talking about earlier. Where not a lot of people may know about it, but both of them are going to end up on NFL rosters. It's just which NFL roster. It's whoever gets cut is going to end up on another NFL roster because they're they're just both very, they're both solid depth guys. Uh, I just think Heath has higher upside, and I think the Texans believe that too because he's been around for so long now. This is year three for Heath. Fair enough. It's it's kind of goes back to the whole. Um, oh, who was it that we kept on the practice squad for three years? We just talked about a second ago, and Chad Slade. Yes, yeah, kind of like Chad Slade. Joel Heath has kind of been that guy, except he's been on the active roster. So, but you think okay? So you think it's going to be Blackson though? I do. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I think we'll be in agreement on this. DJ Reader and Brandon Dunn for defensive tackles. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Uh, that, that one's quick. That one's easy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for everybody that doesn't give DJ the proper respect, just watch him play this year. Because this guy has been asked to do so much in his first two years. Just wait until you see what he does this year with a full defensive line. I promise you. He's already in talks of being a top five defensive line, defensive tackle in the league. Well, I mean, he pl- we play that two-gap scheme, which right. is essentially he mans up with the center, yep. and he takes care of the gaps on both sides of the center. Yep. DJ Reader is a big man, don't get me wrong. But if you look at other nose tackles that are asked to do that, he's not as big as them. Nope. But he's definitely as strong, and he's quicker. Yeah. And... The types of things that he he does are just not gonna it's just not gonna show up. He's more of a physical threat and, and a and a freak athlete. Yeah, he's just a freak. He's athlete. He's a freak athlete. I mean, he's he's a very big man, but like he's not big like Vince Wolford, right? But he's able to move centers in like, a very similar manner yep. that Vince was. Yep, I agree with you one hundred percent. He also learned from one of the best defensive yeah. tackles in Vince. Uh, all right. Uh, outside linebackers, this one's like about as easy as it can get as well. Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, Brennan Scarlett, and Duke Echefor. Uh, I'll tell you what, the two that are, are, are really exciting is obviously Duke Echefor is really exciting, but Brennan Scarlett's showing some stuff in the preseason too. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's nice to think that our outside linebacker depth is where it's at today because honestly, coming into OTAs and training camps, I, I would not have guessed that our outside linebackers would be where they are right now. Well, I mean, you take Brennan Scarlett and Duke Ejiofor, and they kind of balance each other out. Yeah. Scarlett is not the pass rusher that Ejiofor is. No. And Ejiofor is not going to be the edge setter that that Brennan Scarlett has been. So they, they kind of balance each other out, which automatically makes us have a lot more depth. I agree. Uh, all right. 
Inside linebacker. B-Mac, Zach, Dylan, Brian Peters, and Josh Keys. Yeah. Um, Gilchrist has done... He's had a good preseason. He has. And then um, who's the other guy? Henny. Yeah, we just he just got cut. Did he? Yeah, he has a, a broke his ankle or something. Okay, so we'll IR stash him. Uh, no, we cut him. He'll get... Well, he'll he'll yeah, do the cut through waivers. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, Henny did I, have a, he he looked good too. He looked really good last. year. He was another one that looked really good yep. toward the end of last year. And I know that the staff was pretty high on on him. He kind of got drowned out because Keys looked really good. I know. And then Gilchrist laid out a couple of just like huge, huge hits. He had some. Gilchrist had some pretty big hits. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a good group of a lot of depth. Can uh, we say that this is our best group? The inside linebackers? Out of all groups, including offense. Yeah, actually, I would say our best pl- – we have better players at other positions, but as a group, as a whole. As a group, as a whole. Yeah. I think it's the best group in, on our team. And if you combine outside linebackers and inside linebackers. It's even better. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, all right, corner – this is where it gets a little, I don't know. I think Jonathan Joseph, Kevin Johnson, Aaron Colvin. Uh, unfortunately, John, uh, Johnson Batamose, and it's only because of special teams, he's truly a liability in coverage. Yeah. Truly a liability. And then Kayvon Webster is going to make the team. There's a reason why they signed him this late. Uh, he obviously had an impressive workout. I think they know what they have from the player on tape, it's more about can he get back to being that player after tearing his Achilles. Uh, but I think those will be the five corners that we take. Well, I know some people are going to be upset with that because they think Sashri will be the one. Yeah, I was going to make a comment about him. It's like, hey, turns out he wasn't a one-game wonder. <laughs> yeah, I think the only way that we can keep Sashri is if we just decide that Batamose's influence on special teams isn't enough. And to be honest with you, I'd be fine with that. If we let Batamose go and, and kept Sashery, I'd like to see how Sashery works out. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? For me, I think it's kind of depends on the safeties. Okay. So. Lots of flexibility at that safety spot. Yeah. Kayvon Webson definitely made. He's, he was signed for a reason. He's already going to be our, one of our top three corners. Yes. Chesare, he's like I was joking around. He's gonna magically get hurt, I think. Oh no! How does that happen? <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna stub a toe. <laughs> he's gonna sneeze too hard. He's got a hangnail. Um, and all of a sudden, it's season ending. Oh, that hangnail's really long. <laughs> <laughs> he's if if there's a player to look to be IR stash, I would say him. I would agree. He, he has looked impressive. No, he has, he has. and then, and a full year under. And, and watching the, the team go through reps and studying the playbook and things like that. I think we, we want to see what else he could turn into. Yeah. I, uh, and I mean, we've always done a good job of developing our corners. So I think a, another year would only be beneficial for us. But I just, I, I cannot make the numbers work to make him on the team, but he's the one that of all the cuts, 
that would probably be the hardest, I think. Just because it is a premium position, he has sh- he's flashed. He's already flashed. It's a position that I would say that I would like to keep him and Thornton somehow. Thornton's hurt, so he's going to pass through waivers. And one of those two, I think, will turn into not necessarily a pro bowler, but at least a depth corner, like a quality depth corner. I think I'm actually looking at it, and I actually have room for one more because I kept five wide receivers and got rid of Jay Prosh. Um, So I'm going to say we keep six corners. So it'll be Sashery, Johnson, Batamose, Kevin Webster, Jonathan Joseph, Kevin Johnson. I just can't see us getting rid of Prosh. Yeah, I know it's I know it's like the biggest gamble, and I know that Bill O'Brien has always had. And we also just signed Prosh. Was it this year? Last year was it last year? Mm-hmm. He got signed to that big extension last year. Yeah, I, I just I can't. I I feel like with where we're at in the positions that need the depth, I think Bill O'Brien's comes to the realization that we we're gonna have to cut Prosh. So maybe not. I don't know. All right. So let's get to the safeties. Obviously, Honey Badger. Obviously, Kareem. Obviously, Justin Reed. I don't know if this would be a shock or not, but uh, I think Curtis Drummond and Corey Moore. And I think I think uh, Deku gets gets the boot. Drummond's looked awesome. Drummond's making the team. Drummond's making the team. We've invested too much time in Drummond yeah. to just let him go to another team and be good. I think all I listened to on the radio all day were the arguments between Dekud and Corey Moore. I just haven't seen enough of Dekud to... I haven't seen anything from Dekud. Uh, he had like a couple snaps, but nothing, nothing huge. However, the point being made is... Yes, Corey Moore started, but he wasn't that good. But this, I have no idea. It's like flip a coin because I haven't seen anything out of either one of them. We've seen, oh, let me rephrase that. I've seen more out of more out of Corey Moore than we've seen out of Dakud. But it's not. It's not been one way to push either way. Um, Moore has shown value as a special teamer. He's shown flashes at times of being a, a passable safety. I wouldn't say a great safety or even a good safety, but passable. I have no idea what we have out of Dekud. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know enough about Dekud based on the limited amount of reps the one thing I would say that Corey Moore has in his favor is just more NFL experience. And it's one of those, maybe we haven't seen a whole bunch of Dekud because they're going to try and get him on the practice squad. Can you, can you do that with the yeah. sixth round pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- after his first year? Yeah. I mean, of being on the active roster? Yeah, they have three years. They can, so he'll still be eligible for it. I thought there was a rule about active roster, like amount of games that you're on the active roster. No, not a, they changed it. It used oh. to be if you were if you were on the active roster your full first full season, but now he can go back to it. Oh, okay. Well I don't think that they'll put him on the practice squad. 
I mean, he's learning a new position, and he didn't show anything at. I mean, he showed a little bit at corner last year in preseason. Last year, towards the end of the year, they could. Did he? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to come down. I'm going to say Dakud makes the team. Dakud makes the team mm-hmm. over Corey Moore. Yep. Okay. Right. Or like I said a second ago, Corey Moore is still more or less a replacement level player, especially at safety. I mean, look at the safeties that are still available. Okay. So yeah, we'll okay. go. I think we'll go with Dakud because you know what you <laughs> you know what you have of Moore, but you don't know what you have of of Dakud. Okay. All right. Uh, special teams, obviously, Kaimi Fairbairn, um, obviously the best uh, long snapper in the league, John Weeks, and then Trevor Daniel makes the team. Sure, why not? I mean, we said that there was a problem with Leckler, the punter, being one of the leaders of the team. I'm, uh, if he makes the team, it's because him and Bill O'Brien like to get beer. I was going to say. practice yeah. afterwards. That's the only the, weird uh, reason. <laughs> I would agree with you. I mean, I think that that... I think I think Shane has been kept around for the reason specific to Bill O'Brien's preference of conversations during practice. So he has somebody at the end of the field who's all by himself, who he can just go chum up with and talk to. And I think he realizes now, like, this young punter's really freaking good. And unfortunately, Shane, you're just at that point where, like, your leg is not going to go all 16 games. So there's your there's your final fifty three um, roster prediction. It's interesting, dude. It's first of all, l- let's look back at where we've come from ourselves. I mean, this is this podcast has now been. I mean, we we had our first pod sh- podcast with the Andre Johnson tribute March of last year, right? That's the first one we released. That's the first one we ever released. Yeah. So now we're we're heading into September. So what's that? A year and six months. God, time time flies. That's that's kind of crazy. I haven't yeah, actually thought about it. Like I've never really thought that it's two it, months younger than my son. Wow, it's awesome. It's been fun. It's great to do. I, I mean, I look forward to doing it every Wednesday. Yeah. Now every Monday with football starting. I'm, I'm pumped. I am too. We're, we're getting better at it. I hope. <laughs> I think we're getting better at it. We have I, our moments still. Yeah, last week's audio was awful. That yeah. was that was awful. I don't know what happened, but we'll never record on the road ever again, unless we record through Google Hangouts, which I f- think I found out that we can do. Um, There's got to be a better way than we'll, yeah that that just didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun, and and I'm happy that we're going into our second season doing this. Um, we appreciate you guys for just supporting us and being with us all, all the way and all the feedback you guys give us. And this is going to be a really fun season. So we'll have one more episode before the season actually begins. We'll be doing that Monday night. Uh, and we'll be going from there. So we'll probably do our first Patreon episode next week, next week as well. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. Now. Uh, all right. Uh, looking for one more player at least. We could technically do three more uh, if we wanted to do get to the point of 10. If not, we have two buddies that may end up doing it. But uh, if you guys want to play in the Dynasty League, this is uh, pretty much the last time we'll have until, I'd what, say Monday, John. Uh, we're looking to do the draft on Tuesday. This will be a Dynasty League draft. 
Uh, so if you are interested, uh, hit us up on Instagram where I'm actually active and regularly posting. So, um, you can interact with me or you can interact with John at Houston FB pod on Twitter. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Stitcher, Podbay, uh, Google Play Store, Amazon Music, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just search Texans Unfiltered Podcast and you'll find us. John, what else we got? That's it. All right, John's giving me the A. Okay. All right, guys. Until next Monday when we talk about the opening game between the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. This is Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week.